Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 311. Lynn's and I are dying. We are. You get to <laughs> listen to it for a whole hour. <laughs> I got the black lungs pop. <laughs> oh, we talked about a lot of books. I forgot even half of the shit that I did talk about. Batman, Superman. Miracle the- Man. <laughs> all the men. Yes. Tony talked about all the men today. I, I talked about curse words and Lucy dreaming and... Which sur- had curse words in it. Yes. So it kind of had a theme there. Ties together. Talked about uh, some Avengers, some Archie comics, and then some fucked up shit that you didn't even know about. <sighs> and that's some stuff that maybe we, we're going to dig a little bit deeper in. We might have to do some investigative <laughs> reporting. <laughs> when have we ever done Lois that Lois Lane show? style. Yep. Uh, so with that, uh, grab something good in beverage-ly. Beverage-ly. <laughs> yes. Alcoholy preferred. Ah. And enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast 311, all mixed up. things settled with i'm gonna say my mantra each week you're my, never drinking my, again yes, my my prayer to the porcelain <laughs> gods oh but uh i'm just gonna quick run this down because i wasn't again like i say why do i always talk about my drinking problem uh <laughs> it's like instead of this being drunk on comics a comic po- comic podcast where we drink and talk about comics this is more of like a Jay and Silent Bob get old sort of scenario where we just let Tony talk through his addiction every week. <laughs> it's therapeutic. <coughs> so yesterday was Founders Black Party, and that is a celebration of dark beers. Mm-hmm. It is always awesome. Uh, dark beers potently usually, no, potentially have more potency. That's mm-hmm. what I meant to say. And... Yes, I got day drunk, but I didn't. You got day drunk, but you didn't. Yes, so we started really early, and I thought that I would be in bed by like 8 o'clock. Like, that's a good 8. No, we got there at 11, so that'd be good 9 hours of drinking. Yeah. Partway through the afternoon, I'm like, I don't want to be that idiot. Slow down. Well, I didn't really slow down, but I felt like I did on that one beer. (laughs) What ended up happening was... We drank throughout the day. We left there at like 10. Then we decided, because I wasn't feeling super drunk, let's go to this birthday party that that was also downtown at this nice doctor's apartment complex. Well, not complexes, like whatever, where he lives. Uh, And free booze. So let's continue drinking. I drank till 2. So, I, to be clear, you started drinking at 11 in the morning. Yeah. And then this is 2 a.m. Sunday. Yeah, it's 13 hours yeah. right there. Yeah. Good lucky number. Yeah. But <laughs> is it? Is the it reason why number? I bring it up is uh, at one point, me and a friend went out onto the porch, just second floor, and all of a sudden, someone goes, Tony. And I look down, I'm like, oh, there's Kevin Vleestra and his wife, Lauren. <laughs> Kevin, who used to be a co host on this show. Like, hey, we're like, hey, do you guys want to catch some booze? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so me and my friend were pouring booze out of our cups to them down there. And they kind of quickly ran through and like got a little bit in their mouth, but it wasn't that good. We we sucked at kind of yeah. trying to, in the wind and all that. Then I was like, wait, why are we doing this? Fucking come up to the party, man. So they came and partied with us and they were happy because nice. free booze. And right. Everyone loves free booze. So that was a, a fun time. Right. It's good hanging out with him again. Mm-hmm. He said that he wants to this summer uh, come and and hang out in the studio again. Yeah. So yeah, he That'll misses be fun. he misses talking nerdiness. While at the the beer uh, thing, another friend we we're going on about nerdiness and how he's so happy that he's getting his kids into Star Wars now that they're nice. old enough and yes, oh, it's that sort of thing that it's just like. I like that it's a little more acceptable to talk yeah. in in the world 
of everything. Sure. You had an exciting day. I did house stuff yesterday. Yay. I was responsible. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I still have a headache, just like you. Oh. What the fuck? Um, so I got a lot of quick uh, things I want to touch on for books. Uh, I'm not really going to do full reviews. They're just some highlights from the books that I'm kind of like, that that needs to be mentioned. Sure. Um, like always, we talk about the books, so spoiler alert. Like always, we don't really say that, but man, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you know what to expect. Yes. Batman number 45. Of course, we need to talk about Batman. Of course. I've heard about what's going to be happening in the next couple uh, issues leading up to the wedding. There's going to be some key people kind of, you know, team-ups and everything. There's also going to be some one-shots with each of the, the Bat members and a villain. This one is Booster Gold and bringing a present. Mm. And Booster Gold is funny. I love is Booster funny. Gold, yes. And th- reading this the whole time, I'm like, what is really going on? Like, it looks like Gotham is kind of like, that's not clouds. I think it's burning. I don't know what's going on here, but we're going to keep going. And then we get to a point where things aren't as it seems. Like, okay, the the, the, the bat signal's broken. This, like, future self? Like, Booster Gold went to the future to talk to Batman, maybe of what Batman wanted the most from his wedding mm. to come back? Super lost. And then Batman shoots him. And I'm like, okay, this has to be futurist, but that's it's not Batman. Um, and when you find out that uh, it isn't, uh, that one was uh, Dick Grayson, who was Batman. I'm like, wait, is this the Battle of Cowlin? What the fuck's going on? Where is Bruce? He dead. No. No? In fact, there's more people alive. Mm-hmm. What Booster did for his wedding present... Which is also great, too, in Booster's mindset of thinking. And this is just kind of the main thing I want to talk about, which is the plot of this book, is he went back in time to save Bruce's parents. So they're here. Bruce was dancing with his mom at their his parents' uh, wedding anniversary. That Booster kind of shows up, and he's like, yeah, you know, see, so, like, what I did this is to show you that you being Batman, it's like a wonderful life type thing, like, you being Batman has done so much better because this world is pretty... A shithole? Yeah, pretty more, off, bad off. More of a shithole. <laughs> um, yes. And so that's what his gift was. He's like, why do I get the person that can buy anything? Oh my God. How about the, the what-if scenario? What's the name of the angel from It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, fuck if I can Clarence? Yeah, something, something like old tiny. That. So, uh... This definitely is going to be continued because I don't want to explain furthermore of what's going on. However, it, yes, I'm like, and now I understand this world. It isn't the future. It's just the now, but it's, you know, without Bruce Wayne right. becoming Batman. And I'm like, that is a unique it's gift. it's funny that there still is a Batman, though. Like, there's still a character called Batman without Bruce. <laughs> Which is weird. That yeah, that is like that happened anyway. Maybe maybe Batman started as like a s- soft kind of like vigilante. Like he's like, well, they didn't kill my parents, but I'm gonna still catch the guy that attempted murdered my parents. <laughs> so he's kind of just like fruit bat, <laughs> fruit bat, sugar glider. Yeah. And then Dick Grayson goes, we need to be a little more hardcore. We need to be the thing that lurks in the night. But I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, Avengers number 689. So there's one more issue with this No Surrender thing. Mm-hmm. And I was not on board at first. And I really sometimes don't like weekly comics because... But then again, I've been loving it because I'm like, oh, I know in a week I'm going to get to know right. more. And it was slow to start, but it has really come up to this climax because it is like the second to last issue. We see some battling, but the key moment that I want to talk about this book is, and actually go back a page, is you see Wanda, she's like going fucking like full on Wanda. She's going all no mutants on everybody. Yep. She's like, no surrender. 
and she's like talking and crafting a spell and explaining, you know, with the words of magic and blah 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 and this and that. And she's like, her, you know, power things, you know, Avengers and stuff. Like, it was one of those like, this is an elder god that she just fucking. Yeah, Wanda's super powerful. They, she, when when she, she when she gets this like yeah. one moment, and I haven't seen that in the comics in forever. Right. One of those things within this uh, series, I was kind of like, God, she she could easily win, but she just I don't know, not motivated, or just doesn't have that. She remembers crazy. what happens last. What happened last <laughs> yeah. time she used her powers like that? And I just I thought that those couple like scenes was just like. Really, when I was first reading it, I was, like, getting, like, a little bit of, like, I don't know, tingling. Like, you know, this is... A little happy. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with that. That's a great, like, pinup of her. Yeah. Yeah, That's really good. So, I, I, yeah, it was, I thought, a really good scene. Um, what else can we say? Uh... Mr. Miracle. What to say about Mr. Miracle? He's a miracle. That book is 100% fucking amazing. I don't have one moment out of this book. I just want to talk about it and say you should be reading this series. Um, Dark Side is. It's still pissing me off. What the fuck does this mean? Watching him, I guess the big moment in this is because the his kid was born uh, last issue and watching him and big Barda, they have to do double duty because they're attacking apocalypse. But one of them needs to be the leader of the, the armies. So one is at home with the baby while the other one is out there uh, in, you know, the other world mm-hmm. attacking. And then they switch places and pretty much you're following Scott free uh, mainly, but when he's watching his kid and he's singing, you know, lullabies and when they're on the battlefield and finding out, you know, that he said his first words, dada, or when he first walked and Big Barda was out, um, you know, in the war field. And so they filmed it on a mother box to send to her, like, uh-huh. huge, interesting, everything about this book. They're a big fan of the nine panel page on this book. Well, yeah, and I still want to know, like, I still think that all this is in his head, like, he really did die, and I hope that, because now that I've found this character, I love him, so I want him to be alive. Right. But when you have these random panels that are always the squiggly, like, Mm. it's so dark and mysterious. Like a TV going out of, uh, not focus. Static, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Mr. Miracle, number eight, just came out of 12. That needs to come out sooner. Um, I'm getting a little upset of having to wait on that one because it's so good. Uh, last, before I get into a... Well, it's only going to be a partial review on that one, too. Is New Mutants, Dead Souls, number two, of six. I had reviewed this, uh, the last one last month. As I said... I am not crazy about the art at all, especially I don't like um, Ileana's, like her bowl cut that she has for hair, mm. just it looks too short. Yeah. Those those aren't bangs, it's, I don't really like it. I don't want to criticize it because the writing is fucking superb. And the one scene I want to talk about this one is, they're kind of... It almost does feel like Scooby-Doo, now that I think of it, because they have, uh, um, oh, it's not, yeah, it's Wolfsbane, so they do have a dog. Uh, they're investigating paranormal <laughs> shit. <It's> terrible. <laughs> she's a person. Look at, no, she's a dog here. <laughs> there was a point where they're talking to Ileana about, you know, she needs to be a team leader and that, you know. Even though they're doing this for money, you know, who who voted her in charge and everything. And she's talking about they need to still be kicking ass on this uh, giant frost giant that they've come across. While everyone else is, like, booking it out of there. And she's kind of left behind. And then she's like, uh, you know, we can't kill ourselves. She's like, nobody's killing ourselves. And then they go, you beat the frost giant? 
nope. And then just kept on running, like, she's running away from it. Though, like, just a small, stupid panel like that, like, yeah. it it had me laughing while reading it. There's a lot of other good humor. Uh, one of the things I forgot to uh, say, uh, oh, and the character's not even in this issue. Um, someone in the last one was talking about when they're fighting these zombie hordes, the... Um, the Spanish uh, American War, or the Mexican American, or no, the Alamo. He's talking about this feels like the Alamo. They go, yeah, but America lost. He goes, yeah, I'm Mexican. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's good humor in this. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the big comic. Uh, I'll have you say some words. Good, because I have a couple books to talk about, and I, too, am not going to do full-on reviews of them, because um, there's a couple. But uh, I read issue two of Lucy Dreaming. I think that I reviewed issue one the weekend you were gone. So you have no idea what this book is about. I'm just realizing. <laughs> Lucy Dreaming. Well, it's about this girl who... Uh, typical, like, middle schooler, maybe freshman in high school type, and she falls asleep when weird shit just starts happening to her, and she falls asleep one night, and she's in a dream that's very Stars Wars-ian. As... <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like she's in, like, a rip-off of Star Wars, and she's, like, the Princess Leia-type character, except more badass. Um, and while she's in her dream, she's realizing that it's real, Like, it's not just a dream. Like, shit is happening to her. And when she wakes up, her parents tell her that they have to talk to her. So the second issue starts with them explaining what happened to her and how they're mad scientists. And they didn't know that the mom was pregnant when they were doing these experiments. And the minute they found out, they stopped. But they think it did something to their child, which it obviously did. And and basically what it is is... um, they were they were able to tap into alternate realities that we on this earth use as inspiration for stories. So the stories that we tell in books and in movies and stuff actually come from different alternate realities that show up to us in like dreams and ideas and stuff. But because of the experiments they were doing when the mom was pregnant, this Lucy can like exist in both. Like when she falls asleep, she's in that alternate dimension as a different character. So she gets all pissed when she finds this out because her parents have been lying to her. You know, it's just teenager stuff. You <laughs> 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 didn't tell me about the experiments. Um, she goes to school and she falls asleep and she has another dream where she ends up in like a Hunger Games type scenario. And the best part of that whole scene was every time she was swearing, because this is like a boombox book, so it's an all-ages book, they cover it up with like a post-it note that says the same thing as the swear word she's using, but in a very... Yeah, th- that was hilarious. ...specific matter. So like, did they do that in the first issue then, too? They did not. Okay. But she didn't swear like this in the first issue. But it it was, you know, so instead of saying shit, it says feces on the little post-it note. And then when she says fucking shit, it's intercoursing feces. And (laughs) my favorite one is, what was it? Sacred intercourse. Holy fuck. So I just thought it was a nice way to get around swearing and still like the adults that are reading are going like, that's funny. And the little kids that are reading are like, ew, feces. Like... (laughs) Same impact, you know? Um, Or they're like, Mommy, what's intercourse? Yeah. (laughs) Also true. Also true. Um, So the book ends with, um, while she's there, she's she's with this other character whose name is Peel in the the Hunger Games scenario. Um, And he keeps saying, as people are calling him that, that's not my name. And he, and he talks very much like, a kid from like our reality. So he says something at the very end before she wakes up and she realizes that it's this other kid that she goes to school with, who I think is the son of 
this other couple of mad scientists that was also involved in these experiments. Hmm. So there's her, and the, now there's this other kid who can both operate in these dual realities, which is super cool. So she can, like, kind of control stuff in this, like, she can, in well, dreaming. She can't control it. But she's, It's like, like she exists in that reality, so it's... But she knows, like, she's... So it's, like, lucid dreaming. Yes. Lucid yeah, dreaming. Con- Connor made that uh, <laughs> connection last time <laughs> I reviewed this, so... I think everyone could make yeah, that connection. Yes, yes. So it's good. It's um, the art is done by the same guy that does the art for the woods. Okay. So it's that very like cartoony, uh, very colorful style which fits into this hopping back and forth between a normal reality and then something that's very fantastical. I need to get back into that book. I know. Me too. Um, fall. I fell off that <laughs> forever ago. So very good. Um, the other book I read was Survival Fetish. Ooh, sounds yes. kinky. Well, no. <laughs> from Black Mask, although there is some sex in this book. Um, from Black Mask Studios, because they like to throw sex into all their books, because they're edgy like Ooh. that. Um, <laughs> the one thing I have to say is this book is not in color, which you don't see too often anymore. Most books are colored nowadays. This is all black and white. Um, it's the Walking Dead. Well, yeah. Very few. I, said, I, I know. I said I know. most. <laughs> um, it's interesting because you don't, it's, it's, when you don't have a colorized book, it's almost like you have to pay more attention to the art because you don't have the color drawing your, to your attention to the things you're supposed to be looking at. So you really have to look at what's going on in the book. But basically it's about this, this guy who lives in Hawaii and apparently Hawaii's become a giant shithole because you can't walk down the street without getting shot from these towers. And his job is to, he's a runner. So he runs packages back and forth between buildings and to people and stuff because the streets are just too dangerous for nor- normal people to exist in. So that's his job. And it's very much like he's, you know, he's the kind of kid that does parkour sort of thing. Like, you know, that skill finally came in helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just thinking about Hawaii as being a place like this was really weird to me. Um, there's a twist at the end, which I found very interesting. So I'm not going to say what it is because it totally changed the way I read the book when oh, I cool. came into it. So basically it was just this whole buildup about what's going on in Hawaii, what he does, who he's helping, it builds a relationship between him and this girl that he's seeing. That's where the sex comes in. And and then you get to the end. <laughs> you build a case with sex. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, well, this changes everything. So very good. Very well written. Again, without the color, you really have to pay attention to the details and the art, which to be fair, I read some of these books so fast that I'm not always like super keyed in onto the art. So I actually had to pay attention to what was going on in there, which was just a nice change. One more, because I know you have a big review. That's uh, not really that big. Uh, Curse Words, number 13, came out. Um, I'm not, it's just, I know you said that you needed to catch up on this book. It's still... Didn't the other one just come out, like, last week, it felt like? No, I told you that I had caught up on it last oh. week, because I was super far behind, and it was... Just funny that I had finally caught up on it, and then the new one came out, and I was like, yes! <laughs> now I can just read this one and not have to read 12 more. Um, but it's still it's still really good. It's still very Charles Soule and Ryan Brown, right? So those guys together is magical. Um, but you're starting to learn about how the whole world, which is where the wizards come from, came to be. Okay. And it's really interest interesting because it come it's kind of one of those in the first couple issues wizard gets in a battle with uh, another wizard who's coming to kill him and he ends up killing the other wizard and and the stadium in front of a bunch of people and to take care of that he like shrinks the stadium down and all the people that were in it plus all the people who were watching the game and he like puts them in a bottle and gives them their own world and it becomes very circular because then you find out that that world is actually the world that he comes from. So he created the world, but it's actually the world that he came from. 
Interesting. So I don't know how that circle is going to be completed, but I'm very interested in finding out because when he put them there, it was very nice. And <laughs> when he left there to come to Earth, it was not a nice place to be. So I don't know what happened, but it's just going to be a really... And I trust that Charles Soule and Ryan Brown, Brown can totally make that connection, but it's just, I don't, is in my Krypton? brain. <laughs> City of Kandor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very similar concept. So, we'll see. But, I, you know, it's a fun book. All right, well, speaking of Krypton, um, Action Comics, number 1,000. Yeah, that's crazy. I, well, there's some other books uh, that are getting up to... Well, actually, no, that's not... There's some other books hitting some higher milestones within the next year, I believe. Uh, Spider-Man, I think, is at seven ninety nine. just came out or something. Yeah, He's going to be hitting 800 so. soon. Uh, Bat, Batman's close to, I think, a thousand... I think he's on... It's not... It's uh, Detective... Oh, Detective Comics. Yeah. Yeah, That's... I was say, Batman's on number 45. You just well, reviewed it. I know. <laughs> Shut up. So there are a couple stories in here, uh, two of which we're going to just kind of talk-ish about, or that I am, because I I, I really like this first uh, story within here. Okay. And it's all set up in how they are having, like, a Superman day. They're celebrating Superman the city wants to, you know, talk about, you know, all the good that he's done and everything. And in the beginning, Superman's going to be late. You know, Clark is up. Uh, and it, I feel like he's hearing Lois talk to their son, John, mm. about where he's at and everything. Superman also sounded like he wished there was more of these space aliens to to battle because he doesn't really want to come down here. He doesn't <laughs> like the limelight. Right. And it was really interesting to uh to see there's a few store a few people that spoke about like one time like a firefighter who then uh the house was gonna burn down on him but Superman showed up on time. There was a uh, you know another person saying how he saved me this way. Uh there was a criminal and his was actually kind of interesting because uh so John was like, why are they letting a criminal speak? And, you know, Clark's going to just... Because he showed up and got dressed in his suit to mm -hmm. to be there, even though he didn't want to be there. Also, the whole time, he's just kind of like, oh, I thought I heard something. Or, oh, you know, there's got to be more than, than one <laughs> ship of, of the aliens out there. And he just really wants to to get out of, out, right. of, out of seeing this, even though he's just Clark. He's not Superman. And they're all hoping they're going to see Superman at some point. Um, but the criminal, uh, starts saying about how he got busted for small time stealing something. And then he stole a car and then he got, you know, mixed up with one of the big villains who they always need henchmen to mm -hmm. run interference. Mm -hmm. And it was going on about how, but then, you know, last stint, Superman put in a good word that when I got out of jail, I actually had a job and I'm now, he never gave up on me. And it took a while, but it's because of that, you know, he always sees hope. And I'm like, God, man, that's the one ideal that I always get annoyed with him but re hearing this i'm like but this is his day and this this <laughs> i I'm, can't be mad at him and this just feels kind of awesome uh i thought it was a uh, an interesting way you know to, to talk about uh the many people he helps even the bad guys now there is uh and this was also written um in the art by dan uh, jurgens and art art is pretty good. I mean, it feels like it's, you know, DC yeah. house style. Uh, you have where, like I said, he's always freaking out. Lois those is... leg muscles <laughs> busting out of those pants. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those red shorts there. Oh, beautiful. So you have uh, him, like I said, kind of get paranoid. There's more of these cunned uh, uh, aliens warships somewhere. But he's not hearing anything, and he then he thinks he hears something, and it gets to a point where he then is like, well, shit, something's wrong. I need to go. He takes off his shirt and then has a Superman underneath it and starts flying away, and then everyone's like, oh, hey, there's Superman, and then he's like, shit. Well, then 
then Wonder Woman kind of runs interference and tells him to stop. And he's like, but there's, you know, something's wrong. And then she kind of explains it. It was all Lois. Lois was also on the phone throughout this thing, too, talking to Perry, the um, mm. newspaper guy. And really, what, what Superman finds out is, oh, that wasn't really Perry. It was Batman. Because the Justice League were taking care of all the other warships and aliens. They're like, this is your day. You shouldn't even gone and got that first one. We're here. And he's like, well, why, why did I not pick up on anything? Oh, Martian Manhunter uh, used some telepathy uh. to, to block your mind. It's Lois's idea. <laughs> and then John's like, isn't Dad going to be mad at you? She goes, oh, he won't be too mad. You know, he always sees the best in people and stuff. But, like, when there's... Uh, Diana's like, they're, you know, not just the Justice League. They have, like, a bajillion Green Lanterns uh, and a ton of other people that are there. I mean, when you really think of it, like, okay, Superman could easily... You know, wipe wipe the clock with everyone. They needed a lot more guns to just prove that they don't need him. But at the same point, you know, this is your day. You know, we got this today. Right. And I thought that was just really uh, awesome. Really good story to sum up one of the first of the freaking... It's a massive book. Yeah, like 80, 90 pages mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. Now, there is something that <clears throat> I did want to talk about. Not even the story... But the man, the myth, the legend, hate him or love him to hate him uh, or hate to, yeah, either or, I just don't like him. Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> is at DC. Yes. And this is his, not swan song, that's when you leave. Right. So his goose song? I don't know. Premiere? Yes. Uh, yes, premiere song. <laughs> Anyways. Opener? Grand opening. And he does what he does best. What does Brian Michael Bendis do best? Shit all over. Aww. Anything that has to do um, with continuity. And they seem to have retconned in this story. And it could be, it's going to, this story is going to kind of follow out into the next uh, Superman uh, yeah, story. Man of Steel. Yes. Yeah. Where we have this new guy by the name of R- Rogel Czar, and he says that he is responsible for Krypton blowing up. Yes. And it's like, what? Yeah. I know that Brian Michael Bendis wants to be like, ah, oh, yeah, there was a secret the whole time that no one knew about, and that's what I do. But at the same point, you don't do something that is, like, so the lore. Like, the sun was fucking dying. Like, the inside of fucking Krypton was, like... Imploding. Yeah. Yeah. There was... there To put a single face to it, I feel is a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. To any fan, even more so than him snapping a neck in the movie. Like, right. That felt... I, I still think that that was needed. The one-time kill. Uh, to him to know, oh, I have too much power sometimes. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I agree. When I'm adjusting someone's neck, I don't yeah. <laughs> move it so I much. I agree. So you have this guy coming out now and and saying that he, you know, he's the one that like is responsible. <sighs> Could it be one of those things where he feels like he's responsible? Like, oh, I didn't save the planet in time. Sure, okay, but then it's like, well, now you just kind of dick teasing us with right. He could be lying. He could be serious. Well, he if he's just serious, be trying though, to get... if they do some fucking backstory of yeah. he put some massive nuclear war in the middle and and did something else to the, like, I don't like it. Yeah. Already, two thumbs down. <laughs> like, and like I said, there are some things that that Bendis has done that is decent. I mean. When you leave them into a world like the ultimate world where you can kind of make up anything because you're making up your own lore, cool. Right. But when you take established, I still hate what he did with my guardians. So, are you just holding a grudge? Yeah, you are. Yeah. So, uh, there's a couple other stories in this book too. Uh, one I loved, one I hated. Uh, I don't want to talk too much more about the biggest thing that I know from this, and I did not read it, is they all 
So I listened to an interview with one of the writers of one of the stories, and he said when he got asked to do a story for this, the first thing he thought of was, I want to bring back the shorts. I want to put Superman back in the red shorts. And when he talked to the people putting the whole thing together, they were like, so does everybody else. So, yes. Why? I don't know, but they brought back the red underwear. He's in his red underwear again. It just looks so stupid. I hope they make... (laughs) It's iconic. You know, it is. It is what it is. You're wearing red shorts today in honor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it because it's funny, because it's stupid. And they're not... Who would wear wear something like this? Um... I guess we can do uh, best on tap right now. Yes. We kind of decided, because there was different variants of Action Comics 100, there was uh, some from the the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. I mean, I shouldn't say some. Each artist yeah. had a... The 30s through the 2000s. Yes. They had what they their depiction of Superman in that era. And I really liked the Jim Stranko 1970s. I liked most all of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really did kind of define, but I think what we decided on was the 2000s. Yes. The Lee Bermejo cover. Yep. It's just, it's... It's beautifully colored. And I think that's part of it is the coloring, but it just kind of evokes very powerful. Like out of all of them, I think this one looks like the strongest of all the Superman. For sure. Like, the, some of the other ones are, like, more friendly. This one kind of looks like, yeah, don't mess with Earth, yeah. punk. It looks like Superman just punched you in the face, and now he's just staring at you, waiting for you to get up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. But, yes, they're all beautiful covers, though. Um, So, something that I'm a little bit happy to hear. Oh, I went and saw Super Troopers, too. Oh, did you? How was it? It was funny. Yeah. There was so many fucking puns. Like, there were some puns that even I was, like, groaning because they forced that in there. But it was also funny the yeah. way they did it. Really well done. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Before, it was another uh, Deadpool trailer. Mm. And I know, I think it was the same one that just debuted uh, on the internet this past week. More cable. More awesomeness. I mean, that's more part of the cable. part of the reason why they had more reshoots was to add more cable and domino. Mm-hmm. So, Josh Brolin playing Cable is expected to have a four-movie arc. So, kind of look at it, kind of how they're doing with the Hulk thing throughout different movies. We're going to see, you know, some more stuff happening with primarily Cable. This doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to be Deadpool movies. Mm. This fall, they're filming, starting to film X-Force. Obviously, he's in that, too. I'm curious what the other... Because that would be like movie two right the other ones would be and is this gonna hold up when disney takes Mm. over they'd be dumb not to because these movies are actually successful so far i guess we can't say that all of them are going to be successful but i mean i would hope that they continue on with with these don't know but uh yeah i i want to see more cable can't wait to see Deadpool 2. I know. I'm very excited. It's about a month. A little, little less than a month away. This ne- this next 30 days of movies are going to be awesome because we have Infinity War this week. That's fuck Yeah. And then we have Solo and Deadpool next month in May. Yep. That feels so long away, though. I know. Like, I just can't believe Infinity War is here. Like, it's almost like... We've been waiting so long for it. No. Uh, so, James Cameron, not that he's saying he's not a fan, but he's hoping that there's Avengers fatigue. Yeah. And we've talked about superheroes fatigue and everything. I mean, that's pretty much what he's talking about. He he was uh, mentioned in uh, in an interview the other day of saying how he, he hopes that, you know, that pretty much doesn't do well. He feels like there's other stories to be told out there, which is 100% true. No one is stopping studios from making no. those movies. No. Uh, I saw Quiet Place yeah. the other day, too. Holy shit. 
Uh, like, right. I love horror movies, and this one actually got me a couple times being like, fuck, that's scary. And it's good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, horror movies, you can make them so cheap. Oh, uh, yeah. And they make a shit ton back. Especially when you don't need sound. <laughs> so, it, it's kind of like, why, James? Because you know that he's going to dethrone your yeah. avatar? Because you're like, most people aren't talking about your avatar, like, or your Titanic anymore. I mean, I can only see him re-releasing that now, coming up soon. Like, Because yeah. we need new stories, aka, hey, let's watch this for the hundredth time in the theaters. Well, and he's got, what, three more Avatar movies planned already? I thought two, but maybe three. Who the fuck knows? Because it's been... He said it was he wanted it to be eight. Has it been like 18 years? I feel like it was 2001 when it that was, shit came out. It, it was wasn't really that ago. long, but... No, no. It was a while ago. Was it? Maybe? Yeah. I don't... I, it probably wasn't 2001, but it was a while ago. I feel like I was out of college by then, but that just seems a little bit too, uh, too early. Oh, four, four sequels. Is it four? Yeah, beginning in 2020. Uh, 2009. I see. Well, we are halfway. Yeah. Splitting the difference yeah. there. Uh, started in 2020, and I guess there's going to be one for each year going until 2025. Wow. Yeah. he's. I don't know why he's worried about fatigue, because <coughs> he's got to hope that that's not a thing. Because if you have one Avatar movie coming out every year for five years... Or four years. Well, and he's also got uh, another Terminator, like, movie that... So, yeah, original scripts. I mean, granted, I do love all that stuff, and I want to see that stuff flourish. But you shouldn't hate on... No. He's jealous. What, what other people are Super doing. Super jelly. <laughs> um, kind of uh, upset with Archie Comics, looking at their solicitations. Why? I have yet to see Afterlife. Oh, yeah, and there's been that Jughead The Hunger out, and that's on issue five, and I feel like that's come out every month. And they just started, started. Vampironica. Yeah. I have issue number one. I haven't read it yet. I plan on doing it this week, but obviously it's her as a vampire. Right. Uh, I love these this dark world. Dark Archie. Yeah, yeah. and so... But so I do wish Afterlife with Archie would come back, too, because that book was amazing, and I feel like it's been a really, really, really long time since the last issue came out. I Yeah, and they've only had, like, ten yeah. issues in the span of, I think it started 2012-ish, maybe? Yeah, that seems about right. Six, and then, well, the Sabrina ones, too, which kind of tied into that, and then they made it its own thing, but then yeah. I want more. Mm-hmm. Give me more. Maybe, hopefully, after... This is just the July solicitation, so maybe August. I wouldn't get your hopes up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they've been saying with, I should have said this when we were talking about Avengers before, that there's a lot of pages that are miss... uh, So just in case any of the scripts got leaked, there's a lot of shit in there that's not even real. Like Mm. they'll give the... Most of most of it's in there, but like dialogue stuff, they'll give it to the characters the day of shooting. They have so much shit to keep everything secret. So I don't know how if this is true or not, but I can. But they're saying that the final fight scene is like twenty five pages long. Wow! Like that's, and I'm kind of interested in because my theory is like I said that they're not going to really fight Thanos or like defeat him but you do see Spider-Man and Iron Man fighting him I'm wondering if it's the Wakandan battle and that's like the big that's like the big like because they're breaking into Wakanda for some reason I don't know Soulstone maybe who knows and let's think about the way scripts work right so it's 25 pages but that's not like straight dialogue it's like okay this is what this group of people are doing during the battle and that's five pages and they're like now this is the focus of these people in the battle and that's five pages so 25 page long fight could essentially not necessarily be that long because you have to address all the fucking people that are in the battle and that takes pages for each one but they all happen at the same time kind of thing. See, like I said, maybe this is a lie and maybe it's 24 pages. 
Oh, um, uh, wrapping up a bit, uh, sad to hear that Ash vs. Evil Dead is going to yes. be canceled after the third season. That's a good show. I know. I think the problem is, is that it was on Stars. Yep. And instead of people paying for stars, they were just downloading and watching it. So even though there are tons of people who were like, I love this show, nobody was paying to watch it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they're they're counting just... I don't... Well, they probably don't get Netflix numbers. Right. Netflix keeps all that hidden. But they're, they're saying that part of it is their viewership. I think they still have a pretty strong viewership, mm-hmm. but as you said, it's... It's how people get things. Yep. If people have an understand now, the reason why people pirate stuff is not to make it free. It's to make it easier to get. Right. When you have it on one channel, that that's the only thing you want to pay for. No, but if you put it on like Amazon for cheaper, people would yep. actually pay. Yep. And now, granted, if Amazon would show those numbers or not, I don't know either, but numbers are everything. It is. Um, last thing I want to talk about, because this is kind of a, a, a biggie. And I don't know if you actually have followed this at all. Uh, it was breaking news last, like, November-ish. But have you heard of, uh, Nav... was it? Naveni? Nav... Have you heard about Allison Max? You know who that is? No. She was, uh, yes. on Smallville? Yes. Yes. She played Oracle or whatever. Yeah. She ended up being, yeah. Well, Chloe Sullivan. Yeah. Um, so she, uh has just been uh, charged with sex trafficking. What? Yeah, so you haven't been... No, what the hearing fuck? This story. It's not been really big news in, like, circles. And not even within... Uh, because a lot of it was, I guess, hearsay, even though everything seemed to be pointing to... Um, to this uh, organization uh, going on. Her and then she recruited, um, who played uh, Lana, um, in Smallville. Smallville to this thing. She met some guy in New York who was like one of those, like predatory, like uh, you know, many wives, like you know, uh, health guru type people. Sure, cult leader. Yes, <laughs> very much so. And he, he, uh, I remember when I saw her one year at Motor City. And she was actually talking about the um, the cult, but it wasn't known as a cult at the time. It was a health cleansing yeah. people, and she was getting more people within uh, the realm of acting into it to make sure that people, you know, oh, it's legit and stuff and everything. So within this cult, what you found out is that they recruited women to do sex acts. Oh, my God. She was, uh, with the main head, she was, like, second in charge. Um. Ugh. Why? Why would a woman do that to another woman? That's fucked up. That's worse to me. That's just worse. That's like a betrayal of your gender. Yeah, and, um, what is it, uh. Ugh. I I wish I knew more because, like I said, the few articles that I found were from, small like i didn't really trust them but i trust them enough because i had heard about the cult and everything right oh uh nix nix of them and i or nxivm okay. is what the the cult was called so you can kind of look google that and you'll find out uh a hell of a lot more uh, about it and yeah that this has come about is kind of fucking crazy now that a lot of more uh, known uh, publishers are, well, because now the charges have happened, they can kind of talk about it a lot more. It's oh. something I never would have uh, thought. No. Uh, like, Vanguard was, I think, uh, what, you know, they were called. And, you know, and I'm not even saying, like, Scientology is fucked up, too. Yeah. But I don't think they do sex trafficking, at least I'd hope not. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're not going to compare apples to oranges. No, but it's just, what the fuck? This is just wrong. I had the hugest crush on her, and she seems so smart. Yeah, clearly not. Clearly not. Yeah. What the fuck? I just, I can't I can't believe even... you just, just now learned that. I had no idea. 
I didn't even tell you that before the podcast. I know. So we were talking about it. I, I knew. I knew that it. you probably didn't hear. No, it's totally fucked up. I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> it's so weird and awful. All right. Well, to get that taste out of your mouth, let's do booze in a book. All right. Uh, as you talked about it earlier, uh, Jughead the Hunger, number five. <laughs> Such a good, compelling story of werewolves. When I first read the first one, I was trying to place this where it was in the Afterlife books, then realizing, oh, wait, this is like a whole different universe where there's werewolf and werewolf hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, Good series so far. The, obviously, I already saw that within the solicitations that they're continuing this book. So yes. that's good. I'm going to pair this with one of the beers that I had this weekend. At the Black Party. At because black, you know, dark mm-hmm. uh, with, with the whole Werewolves. wolf and everything. Yeah. I, I'm going to pair it with uh, a specialty BA Two Chains Black IPA. Now, this is their last year's 2017 Black IPA, aged in bourbon barrels for over a year, and then rehopped with a complex blend of BA and Hoppy Black IPA. Hmm. It's a 10.6%. Uh, oh, Jesus. And it was pretty good. Not, like, my favoritest of all of them. I'm saving that for when I read a book that I'm like, damn, that just needs to be knocked out of the park. <laughs> But it also has one of the greatest names as well. Uh, I'll show you that later. Again, great, great dark beers. And I, I could have very well, I wanted to just pair this with Batman, but I want <laughs> That's too on the nose. Well, that's what that's where the whole booze in a book kind of came true. from. <laughs> oh, with that, uh, yeah. Well, I need a nap. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers nap time. <laughs> Avengers disassemble. Stay thirsty for that movie, though. Yeah. Can't fucking wait. 